Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Use conflict to build relationships. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. On the program today, Roger Price, owner of Leading by Design in Holland, Michigan. Roger is a former mechanical engineer in the automotive industry, and rather than use his analytical skills to help develop great products, he turned it toward helping develop great products. People. He is an executive coach and teacher of leadership for the past 22 years. Roger, thanks so much for being with us today. My pleasure, Dale. Now, I know the listeners are thinking, Roger Price, Price, that's a familiar <laughs> name. So, Ron Price, the co-author of The Complete Leader, the book on which this podcast is based. Uh, let's talk about your relationship to Ron. Okay. So, Ron is my uh, older brother. He's the, the second of three, and I'm the third of three brothers. And uh, you're both in, in somewhat similar uh, positions as far as helping grow leaders. How did that happen? Yeah, well, it's it's really, uh, I, I think it's kind of coincidence because we took very different paths. I became an engineer and he took a very different path, you know, as a young man and became president of a, of a health food supplement organization. Oh, probably in his late 30s and 40s and then uh, ran that for a long time and then became really intrigued with uh, the people stuff. And, and so I was a, an engineer for a dozen years. Uh, he was living out west. I'm living here in Michigan and in, in uh, the Midwest. And I, you know, many years prior to that had become really intrigued with the people equation and, and you know, what makes some people more apt to be followed than others. And so it's, it's, we didn't really talk with each other about it. And all of a sudden, we're kind of in the same world. And it's really cool. He's, I, I have a I have a really great big brother, and uh, it's been really nice the last oh I don't know ten years that we've been in the same industry. So tell me about your work as an engineer in the automotive industry. Uh, Michigan, it all makes sense. You can easily connect those dots. <laughs> but uh, what are what are some things that you did? Yeah, so I worked for Oldsmobile for six years, and I worked on the interiors of cars and shift linkages and some radio mechanisms and things like that. And then for another six years, I, I went and worked for an automotive supplier called Prince Corporation here in Holland, Michigan. And uh, it was at that company where they did a really great job at help, helping you discover more about who are you and maybe what are your passions and your, your greatest giftings and your beliefs and your values and, and does that fit with what you're doing? And they helped me discover that I probably have greater passion and greater talent for teaching and coaching, which I had also, I was, a, I was a tennis coach going through my engineering schooling. And so I really did enjoy seeing people go from point A to B to C to D. And so that organization helped me see that. And then they also said, if you want to try it out, give it a try here. And that was about 22 years ago or so. And I remember thinking, it's like, but I'm a geek engineer. How am I going to do at this? But as soon as I said I was going to do that, uh, my wife and two other friends said, that's like perfect for you. Like, wow, I, I, <laughs> seems like this huge leap for me. Mm. But they were right. It's been uh, it's been great for me, and thus far the world has said I'm I'm good enough at least to <laughs> be listened to and make a living. So fantastic. Well, we're going to record a few episodes with you, and so we'll get to know you more as uh, as we spend more time with you. Thank you so much for taking this time with us. And our topic today is using conflict to 
build relationships. And that can almost sound a bit uh, counterintuitive, but I have a feeling you're going to present it to us as the great paradox. So, <laughs> so tell us how you see conflict in being a useful tool for relationships, relationship yeah. building, I should say. So uh, conflict is just going to happen. The closest people think of a marriage, you know, the, the people that know each other the best and, and love each other the most, and is there conflict there? It's like, oh, you bet there is. <laughs> and uh, most people think of conflict and, and they, they tend to do one of two things. One is they try to avoid it at all costs. And, and my estimation is there's about 80% of people that just try to stay away from conflict as much as they can. And there's about, I don't know, 20% of people that seem to almost enjoy conflict. And they get in there and they can kind of smack you upside the head with a two by four. At least the, that's the way it can feel when we have a disagreement. And so what we're trying to do, what I'm trying to do in my own life and what we're trying to do uh, with the client we work work with is carve out a percentage of people that lean in to that conflict, but they do it in a way that's really loving and caring, and that builds the relationship. And so the main thing to do in that, well, first of all, say, hey, is everything okay? I noticed this. I'm seeing this. I, I feel this is going on. And so they don't hesitate to lean into where there might be some disagreement or conflict. And then they go into Stephen Covey mode, which is seek first to understand. And so we really work hard. One of the tools I learned as an engineer is something called root cause analysis. And it's basically when a product fails, you ask at least five whys as to what really led to the failure of that product, almost like a four-year-old, which just keep asking, well, why? Well, why? Well, why? And so it's that same kind of um, method. It's that same kind of philosophy that if I have a potential disagreement with somebody, I'm just going to really seek to understand what's going on with them. And my experience with this, I've, I've done this probably, I don't know, in the neighborhood of, I try to sort of try to keep track, in the neighborhood of 75 to 80 times in the last 15 years, I've intentionally used this method. And when people feel listened to and, and when they can tell I'm really curious to understand what's going on with them about this thing we may disagree, I see it. You'll hear me use the, the L word quite a bit. I think it's an act of love. So and when I might disagree with you, Dale, but I spend so much time really trying to understand you, I think it's a real solid act of love. Can you can you take us into an example? Tell us a, a, a specific story about one of those 75 or 80 times that would illustrate this. So we, yeah, we start so, to pull boy, some of this I have, out. I have a bunch. And I also, when I teach this, I use some fictional stories. So I have to decide, okay, I, I guess I'll go with, I think I can protect <laughs> the innocent. Uh, so the very first time I had started to teach something similar to this since since then, this is about 20 years ago. Since then, I've, I've tweaked my model, created my own model. But, but basically, Basically, I had a buddy that I played basketball with every morning. He was an engineer, and I was a fellow engineer, but I was just starting to get into this, this teaching world. And he's just such a great guy. But on the court, sometimes, honestly, he could just be a total jerk. And we played basketball every morning. And just to show you, I'm a little crazy. We'd play at 5.30 in the morning till 6.30, then get ready, and we started our work at 7 every morning. And so I hardly ever get into heated moments on a basketball court with anybody, partly because I'm just not, I'm not 
going to be able to do well in a fight. <laughs> and so I would avoid conflict. Well, he and I got into it this particular morning. And I'm thinking, oh, crap, I, I teach this. I'm just starting to teach this stuff. And one of my pet peeves is when someone teaches something and they don't use it. So it's like, oh, I've got to call him, don't I? So nine that morning, I called, let me call him Charlie and say, uh, which is a fictional name, Charlie, hey, you know, can we have lunch today? And I could just hear in his voice, like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because again, we—it's not like we were going to throw punches, but we were—we were shoving each other and throwing elbows pretty well, and we're buddies. And so, anyway, I get to lunch and and uh, I get there a little bit early. He shows up, and before he even sits down, he said, "I was a total jerk today. I'm that way a lot on the court, and I'm going to quit playing ball because of it." It's like, wow, I was really nervous about this first time of leaning in <laughs> to what I, I like to call this leaning into healthy conflict. And I didn't even have to say anything. I just had to invite him out to lunch. He knew what was going on. Now, we sat down, had a great lunch, and I talked him into not quitting playing ball. And, and I said, what can I do, Charlie, to help you not get into these kind of moments when all of a sudden you lose your cool? And we came up with a plan together. So first, I, I really sought to understand him. And what I learned is that some things happened to him in high school, getting cut from a team. And he didn't think he was very good. I thought he was one of the best players on the court. He was dumbfounded when I shared that with him. And so I, I really sought to understand him. Then I shared, like Stephen Covey says, seek first to understand, then to be understood. So I shared with him after. It's like, Charlie, I did think that you were a jerk this morning. Now, maybe it was me, but I've seen you do that a lot. He goes, no, you're exactly right. So then we move into a phase of what could be done about this. And we both agreed that he would try to uh, change this not by quitting playing because he's one of my favorite players to play with when he's not acting this way. So we came up with an idea that maybe I would see him starting to lose his cool before he would recognize it. And I could just kind of tap him on the shoulder as we're running down the court. And that would be a signal that, are you starting to lose your cool? And he said, okay, well, I'll give it a try. I don't, I don't know. But if I, if I can't quit being a jerk, I'm just going to quit playing basketball. And so when I teach this, I like to ask people, so how many times do you think I had to tap him on the shoulder? Any guesses, Dale, of how many times over the next years that we played together that I had to tap him on the shoulder? Like, hey, you losing your cool? What would you guess? I would, just based on how self-aware he was that he walked into the conversation knowing that he had a problem, I'm going to say just having you present kept him aware, and I'll put it at zero. You are exactly right. And so it was just that nobody had ever, uh, and, and again, I'm going to use the L word. <laughs> Sorry if this is too, too uh, in people's face, but nobody had ever loved him enough to really call him to the carpet in, in, a, in a you know compassionate and respectful way. And so uh, 15 years later, was it that long? Yeah, probably 15 years later, I saw him at an event. I was teaching, and he happened to be in the audience, and I hadn't seen him in probably 10 years. He came up to me, and he had, was a little misty-eyed, and he said, Roger, do you remember when you, and I, before he even said, as soon as he said, you remember, I knew exactly what he was going to talk about, and I got kind of misty-eyed, and he said, I don't know if I ever thanked you for doing that, but I've continued to play basketball, and I was going to quit, but because you, because you did that in that way, um, I've continued to play ball. And so there's one example of where our relationship got tons better. And, oh, by the way, it solved the issue. Now, I could tell you 15 of those kinds of stories. Of the 75 times I've done it, you know, I'll, I'll bet there's 15 to 20 times when it's had a huge impact on our relationship, positive. There are many other times when it's just had a general 
positive impact. There was one time when it severed our relationship, strained a relationship so much that of, of those 75-ish times, one time it ended our relationship. And my sense was, now maybe I really messed up, I don't know, but my sense was some people just aren't ready to engage the truth or, or at least my perception of what was true. And, and so this person just stopped talking to me after we had some uh, uh, back and forth. But it takes two. It takes two. It, it, it does, does take, take two. two. Yep. So yep. we, you've you've led us down this this path of asking the why questions, seeking to understand. And I, and I hear you said love, love the person, offer to help. What are some? And you've you've got this Q and L process as a way yeah. to really leverage a good disagreement. Yeah. So tell tell me what that is and how you use it to leverage a good disagreement. Yeah. So, my, you know, my tendency as an engineer is to try to figure out all, all the facts of life, all the truths in life, and then debate with people about what's right and what's wrong. And Q&L helps me remember, no, 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 For while I'm in this seek first to understand mode, I want to do questions and listen. Q&L question and listen. And I, I just want to keep asking questions and seeking to understand what's going on inside this person. So Q&L helps me remember that. So that's, uh, and, and we probably could just talk about Q&L for a whole podcast because it's such a powerful thing. And I have one client that I was talking with this. It was kind of a new idea to him. And it was on a Friday. He, he went home that night and started doing it with his wife. And at first she, she, he told me this, uh, that Saturday he texted me. He said, my wife thought I was making fun of her last night. I said, really? Why? He goes, cause I've never really listened to her. And so, I really started to do Q and L and she thought I was poking fun of it or somehow. What so kind of questions, powerful. what very kind powerful. of questions are you asking in this situation? Oh, so, um, I remember seeing Brian Tracy, who's yet another of these, uh, great leader development people talking about in the selling process that when, when the purchasing agent tells you, no, we're not going to buy from you. And, and here's why, because, uh, your products aren't nearly good enough. He, uh, just said, use the simple question. Well, how do you mean? Well, your products aren't good enough because um, we, we noticed there's some, you know, the, the shine isn't consistent on them. It's like, oh, oh, well, how, how, do you, how do you mean the shine? And so he just keeps asking the question, how do you mean? And this sort of gets to this deeper level. And what you often find out is that there's something there that they are, they're making meaning about that lack of shine that may or may not be accurate about how it reflects on my company. And so uh, the, the Q&L is just questions like that where you just ask people to go deeper. It's, it's uh, a, certainly a rare, rare, rare occasion that my wife is really upset with me, like maybe only once a week. <laughs> and, and there's times when so, – so my wife is a state legislator, and she deals with all kinds of political crap. And there's times when she'll come home, and she's upset with me because I haven't done the dishes or something like that. And she'll say something like, you never do the dishes. Well, to an engineer <laughs> – to a recovering engineer, um, you know, it's like, oh, that fact is wrong. And I, I, there's just, it's almost like a lure going in front of the fish. I want to argue that fact. But if I can go, no, no, Q&L, uh, babe, what do, you, what do you mean by I, I never help with the dishes? So, well, it just, I'm home tonight and I've had a bad day and the dishes aren't done. And it's like, oh, okay, well, so what happened today? 
and I start asking about her and her day, and it turns out it had nothing to do with me at all. It had nothing to do with me not doing the dishes, though it would have been nice for me to have done the dishes. No one's going to listen to this, that, right, Dale? <laughs> okay, so I've, I've already let the cat out of the bag on that. But anyway, the point is, is very often the presenting issue is not the underlying issue at all. And if I can do Q&L, so tell me more about that, babe. What was your day like? Or how do you mean those kinds of questions? What happened today that drew you to that conclusion? And what you start to find out is, is there's undercurrents that are very different than what the presenting issue is. Reminds me of another line, seek first to understand. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So you mentioned briefly, you, you gave us your personal stats, the anecdotal data on how well this works. But when when our listeners start using this approach, what uh, should they expect to experience based on the data that you've witnessed? Well, I've had a lot of our clients come back. You know, they're, they're, you don't believe in something until you really use it. Even even if even if your head it says this makes sense, this should work. But scary things. I remember doing a high ropes course, right, where you're all strapped in and every there's no way you're gonna die, but your body's still screaming to you, you're gonna die. <laughs> and so this this is a scary thing for many people. And so even though they might agree with my philosophy and this and this technique, until you use it, you don't really quite. Trust it. So it's not uncommon for people to come back and, you know, I've coached them through how to do it and you can just tell it's going to be really hard on them. And then they call me the next day and they go, it worked. It was awesome. And they're just elated. And so I, it's still kind of anecdotal. But the uh, first time someone tries this, in fact, just do the Q&L. Just if, if someone's upset with you or it feels like something's going on, just start with Q&L, see what happens. You'll be amazed at the issues that get solved and how the relationships get stronger just by doing Q&L. Now, I follow up Seek First to Understand by Seek to Be Understood. So after doing Q&L, I'll typically say, so what I'm hearing you say is this, boom, 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 and this is true, boom, boom, boom. Yep, yeah, you got it. You got it, Rod. It's like, okay. Well, I still have this issue, and here it is. And so, but if you do, do only the Q&L piece, the relationship's going to get better. I believe you have to also do the, do the truth piece. So you could call this truth and love, right? The first piece is very loving to try to seek to understand somebody. But I also have to tell my truth before the whole process is done. Hmm. I'm thinking about the story of you and your friend on the basketball court and the agreement that you could tap him on the shoulder to remind him. I know I'm going to need a reminder every once in a while to enter into Q&L next time I'm faced with this uh, this idea of uh, conflict. So it's a, it's a great, great tool, and uh, I look forward to using it more. Roger Price, the owner of Leading by Design, thank you so much uh, for this. We're going to be following up with you on a few more podcasts. Any final words for us? No, it's been a real pleasure to share this with you, and uh, I look forward to talking with you again. Absolutely. Roger Price, once again, the owner of Leading by Design. If you'd like to reach out to Roger, his contact information is right there in the show notes. So be sure and look there. While you are online, would you go into iTunes, subscribe to this podcast if you have not done so already, then write a quick review, just a few words about how about the impact of this podcast for you, and rate the podcast. Hopefully we've earned those five stars from you. Doing so helps push this podcast up higher in the search results for people looking for this type of information, and it makes it more available. So we thank you for that. This is the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. 
Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.